0: December 3rd 2023. This one is called the six weeks of Christmas. Greetings, everybody. So for today's wee tidbit, I want to talk about the holidays, the festivities and the food that take place during the six weeks leading up to Christmas or Yuletide. Now it's already essentially started. And I'm a little bit late to the party because we only have about well, exactly 22 days before The day actually that is considered Christmas. Of course, we also have the winter solstice, but the focus today is mostly going to be on the Christmas holiday, which is December 25th. So that's from Advent to the 12th night. And there are a few holidays that take place between there, and there's some very festive food that our ancestors typically eat during these days. So I want to talk a little bit about that because I love. Going through the lens of history using food or culinary lore. I think it's one of the more trustworthy lenses, too, because so many things out there, as we know, have been inverted and perverted. So let's start out talking about the beginning for the six weeks of Christmas. And since we have 22 days left and we're already kind of, gosh, we really only have like three plus weeks until Christmas, it always always seems to arrive early. And I guess it always feels like it arrives early because maybe time goes by faster as time goes on in one's life. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's also the fact that they tend to advertise for Christmas when it's you know still the summer and you know they're always um, jumping the gun and, and bum-rushing the festivities. Before you know it, there'll be decorations for Easter in the store. It's also mind-zoggling in that regard but anyway let's get into this so the birth of christ is observed at the time of the winter solstice when the sun leaves the lowest point in the sky and begins to climb higher into the heavens bringing us longer days the time when quote the light lengthens and the cold strengthens like the pagan festivals that preceded it christmas celebrates the triumph of light over darkness promising hope in the mists of despair In the same way, the Christmas feasting represents one long splurge of luxurious eating, meant to sustain us through the last bitter lap of winter, the lent of deprivation for which we are rewarded with rebirth, and the springtime of Easter Ostara. No Christmas memory would seem to be complete without recollections of holiday foods, most specifically the sweets, the yeasty coffee breads golden with saffron and mace, the aged and ripened fruitcake spiked with whiskey or brandy, and jeweled with bits of candied fruits, crisp butter cookies, peppery with ginger or aromatic with anise, darkly rich mince pies, plum cakes and puddings, the flaming wine punches and the soul-warming wassails, the sensuously sweet taffies and marzipan candies, and the pervasive, comfortable scents of vanilla, peppermint, nutmeg, cinnamon, and cloves— what an energy that all kind of conjures up all those lovely smells and tastes of this festive season. Golden goose, regal boar's head, and chestnut stuffed turkey, notwithstanding. The sweets are the most exciting and imaginative foods of Christmas and the most symbolic. In addition, they are served not only for one big family dinner, but are also offered to guests throughout the season. So there's many. Things or many desserts and sweets that are associated with the Christmas season. Every country that celebrates Christmas has their own sweet that they make to celebrate this amazingly festive time of year. So the Scots will do things like shortbread, which of course is a basically the quintessential Scottish cookie in general, but it's also essentially something they make for this time of year too. And it's an descendant of the Celtic o- oat bannock. That's an old-fashioned Celtic cookie because now usually shortbread is made with wheat when the bannock is made with oats, because oats are really the staple grain of that area of the world. Uh, Plum pudding, which has been said to be first prepared by a Druid priest in the shadow of Stonehenge monoliths. There's also German springerly cookies, those beautiful cookies that are made in a mold. Those originally honored the Nordic god Wotan and his horse. The Yule log cakes, how can we forget those? that remind us of the Viking Yule log which was burned to chase King Frost from the frozen countryside. So they all have these great histories and these origins that go along with them. Not only people, but animals and invisible spirits are fed at this season, usually on Christmas Eve. In Sweden, huge sheaves of grain are placed outside as edible Christmas trees for birds. Whilst in southern France, quote, church bread is given to animals in their stalls. In Poland and in the Ukraine, whole wheat porridge is set out to placate Father Frost and keep him from destroying crops, whilst additional porridge is left on the table to feed the spirits of departed relatives shall they return on that evening. In Denmark, a dish of rich rice porridge is placed in the attic for the Jule Nissen, or the Christmas elves, and in many countries cookies, candies, or other foods are left near the fireplace for Santa Claus or Father Christmas should he get hungry on his appointed rounds. Christmas is in the air not only during the poetic twelve days, but for the full six weeks. The mood sets in religiously, socially, commercially, and gastronomically four weeks before Christmas on Advent Sunday, and continues until January 6th, twelfth night. And between those dates are a number of saints' days, each with its own celebrations, observances, and foods. So here are the following brief descriptions of the holidays that fall within the six-week period, which begins starting the fourth Sunday preceding Christmas, that's the beginning with Advent, going all the way to January 6th, which is known um, by a couple of names, but one of them is um, the Feast of the Epiphany. So first we have the Advent Advent begins on the fourth Sunday, like I said, preceding Christmas and celebrates the coming of Christ into the world. It is a time of Christmas preparations and in Germany, the traditional time for holiday baking. Throughout Northern Europe, Advent calendars tell the story of the nativity and these are favorites for children. And wreaths of green with big red candles hang in windows and over dining tables. Apple candle bra, one Um, such as the one shown here. There's a beautiful picture of this. It looks like it's got three or four apples and they have bows on them and they have um, candles in the middle of them. Is something used during the advent in Germany and Scandinavia. In England, the last Sunday before advent is known as Stir Up Day because the church collect for that day began with those words and seemed to be a timely reminder to housewives to stir up the mixture for the holiday plum pudding, and by the way, I am or- orating from a, a lovely cookbook. Really, one of my favorite holiday or Christmas cookbooks. It's called Visions of Sugar Plums by Mimi Sheraton, and it's chock full of the best Christmas recipes. Essentially, their breads and their tarts, cakes, cookies, crullers, puddings, desserts. Candies, confections, etc., drinks, icings, uh, the best, the best of the best for this time of year. I will put a, um, a link in the show if anyone is interested in getting this cookbook. So first we had Advent, then we have December fourth, which as is known as Saint Barbara's Day, and this is celebrated in many parts of Europe, but most especially in the Levant where it ushers in the Christmas season. It honors the young and generous girl who shared her bread with the poor in defiance of her father's wishes. Grain is the symbol of the day and is used as a table decoration in southern France. It is also served in Lebanon and Syria. Next up is December 6th and December 7th, Saint Nicholas Eve and Saint Nicholas Day. They're observed in many countries in Europe, but most especially in southern Germany, Austria, and Holland. It honors the generous 4th century Bishop Nicholas, also known to Dutch children as Sinterklaas, who visits them with his dark, demonic underworld servant, Black Peter. If the children have been good, the shoes they have out in the front of the fireplace are filled with candies and cakes. If they've been bad, Black Peter leaves switches and coals. This is the gala celebration of the season in Holland, Christmas itself being a more sober church-going day. In Germany and Austria, children are visited by two relatives or friends, one dressed as the good Niccolo, in a white robe and a crown, and the other all in black as Krampus. Children report on their behavior in the past year and are fittingly rewarded. Figures of Krampus made with wired prunes, and of Niccolo, made with figs and marshmallows, Our favorite decorations in homes and shop windows, the more popular being the mischievous Krampus. And they have a cute little illustration of a prune figurine and then one made with figs and marshmallows. The one with marshmallows kind of almost looks like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Next is December 13th or St. Lucia's Day. This is especially important in Sweden where it marks the beginning of the Yuletide celebrations. It commemorates the fourth century Sicilian girl who gave her dowry to impoverished Christians, thus arousing the anger of her suitor, who denounced her as a Christian, thus causing her martyrdom. Early on the morning of December 13th, the prettiest girl in the village or the family dresses in a large white robe and with a crown of burning candles in her hair, wakes the town or household or guests in a hotel with coffee and fragrant golden buns a legend of the largesse similar to that of St. Barbara. And those are delicious and beautiful-looking saffron buns that are spiced with cardamom. Next, we have December 24th, known as Christmas Eve or Vigil. Every country has its special Christmas Eve rituals, most of which revolve around Midnight Mass. In France, this evening is known as reveillon. And after the mass, a large and elegant supper is served, complete with a rich chocolate roll known as bouche de Noël. In Provence, it is customary to offer 13 sweets as the dessert course. When a pre-midnight dinner is served, meat is forbidden, and dishes such as eel and dried salt, cod in Italy, bacala, and the similar lutfisk in Sweden are traditional. One of the most elaborate Christmas Eve celebrations is the Polish Wigilia, when the first food eaten is the transparent rice wafer, the Oplaket, that has been blessed and distributed by the parish priest to be broken in bits and served at home. At the Wigilia dinner, it is customary to have an even number of dishes and an odd number of guests, allowing one extra place for the Holy Spirit. December 25th, Christmas Day. The day declared official to be the birthday of Christ by proclamation of Pope Julius the I in the year 350, although historians believe that Jesus was born a different season. December 25 was chosen because it was the time of the winter solstice, traditionally the season of the Roman Saturnalia, a convenient festival which the Pope knew could be easily adapted to the Christian observance. And that seems to be, at least here in the States, the juiciest day of the season December 26, Boxing Day. In England, this is the day on which gifts are given to house servants and tradesmen. The name refers to the boxes in which the gifts are put. Boxing Day cake is a traditional recipe for this day. December 26 is also St. Stephen's Day, honoring the first Christian martyr and the patron saint of horses, a festival which is an interesting throwback to the pagan horse ritual celebrated at this season. Then we have January 31st, or December 31st, rather, and January 1st, New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day. As referred to throughout this book, it is part of the Christmas cycle, which is why the observances of non-Christian countries were omitted. This is the day of Christ's circumcision, yikes, and so is a religious holiday. On this day, Greeks celebrate the Feast of St. Basil, or St. Vasili with a handsome braided bread. Whilst in Germany and Central Europe, December 31st is St. Sylvester's Eve and is observed with flaming punches and with anything goes free for all between the hours of 12 midnight and 1 a.m. And they have something also in Scotland called Hogmanay, which I believe is similar to this St. Sylvester's Eve when it is not mentioned here. And finally, we have January 6th, the Epiphany, known alternately as Three Kings Day, or the Night, um, or the Feast of the Magi, or the Twelfth Night, and this commemorates the day in which the three wise men brought gifts to the Christ child. The Eastern Church long observed this as the most important day in the Christmas cycle, so that would be the Eastern Orthodox, and many countries still celebrate the day with gift giving. Yeast breads are the specialties, and usually contain a single almond, a bean, or a china doll as a token of good fortune to indicate the king and the queen of the twelfth night revelries. And that makes me think of that king cake that's big during the uh, Mardi Gras festivities that happen here in the States, in, um, in Louisiana. The idea of putting a little something inside of um, a yeasted bread. So that is it. Those are the holidays for the six weeks of Christmas. Advent, St. Barbara's Day, St. Nicholas Even Day, St. Lucia's Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Even Day, and the Epiphany. So that's it for this little mini clip on uh, today's show. These six weeks of Christmas. A little bit of lore right there, hopefully getting you into the festive spirit for the holiday season. I've got to put up my decorations. I still haven't done that. I just recently took down the uh, the Thanksgiving flare and before that it was the Halloween slash Halloween flare, and now it's time to put up the um, Yule flare. Well, I think about all the Yule recipes that I will be creating and just enjoying this season. I love this season. I really do. I'm looking out my window right now and I see just in the last couple of weeks the trees now have essentially lost the majority of their leaves and there's just something so um, quiet, so easeful about the time of year when it gets darker. People can do less. One of the biggest pluses, I think, about this year, at least from a modern-day perspective, is that you don't have to hear those terrible landscaping noises, which are very, very loud around these parts. It's absolute cacophony. It was not like this decades ago, back when um, a man owned the house, and he would do that himself on the weekends because he was physically capable and knowledgeable to do something like rake his own leaves and now we have all these people coming in from um, different countries and making um, terrible amounts of noise um, blowing leaves and I'm wondering who needs this done every single or every other day can't we just let it be but anyway on the plus side as it gets colder it gets a little quieter and that's something I think is a very good thing especially in this world where we we really need a break. We need the yin. We need the still. Uh, and winter definitely fits that void. So that's all for today on this wee little tidbit. I bid you a good Sunday afternoon. Hopefully, you're doing something good for yourself, and we'll see each other soon on the next show. Okay. Satnam.